0: to get started. Peace!
1: Today's show is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Get the counseling and therapy help that you need from home. No need to drive anywhere. Seriously, go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get help right now. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage Radio. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. And today we are bringing you an incredible interview with one of the baddest dudes that we have ever had on our show, Errol Dobler. Errol is the author of The Process, Art, and Science of Leadership, How Leaders Inspire Confidence and Clarity in Combat, in the Boardroom, and at the Kitchen Table. And you guys, Errol has done it all. He was a naval officer. He was an assistant platoon commander at SEAL Teams 4 and a platoon commander at SEAL Team 1. He was also in the FBI where he investigated international terrorist organizations and then he was in the New York City's FBI SWAT team because he's awesome. He also served in Afghanistan with the 75th Ranger Regiment and participated in extensive combat operations. And again, because he's so amazing, he received the second highest award that the FBI has to offer for valor, and that is the shield of bravery for his actions on the battlefield. This guy rocks. You're going to love our interview with Errol Dobler, the founder of Leader193 and the author of The Process, Art, and Science of Leadership. So you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy.
0: Let's yeah. dive right in. So
1: why don't we just start? Um, uh, we are so happy to have you on our show. We are super excited to get into this interview. But before we start, I want you to just tell our listeners a lot about who you are, because you are <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. And
0: I'm, I'm stoked, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Well, I, I'm excited. And, you know, th-
2: this is these are the really important podcasts to me, right? Because there's, there's nothing more important than what's happening between the four walls of, of your home. And that's where leadership, that's what I do. I do leadership, but I talk to all my corporate clients. We ultimately get into leadership at home. So yeah, who who am I? Right now I'm the founder of Leader193. That's my leadership consulting firm. And I speak and consult with all levels of leaders around the world in a variety of different ways, one-on-one group, offsites, the whole thing. And I base that Pretty much my leadership principle is a process that I developed based on my own experience and uh, my experiences are as an FBI special agent where I worked counterterrorism operations around the world for nearly 13 years in the FBI Um, and as a Navy SEAL officer where I was a Navy SEAL officer. Um, And in between those two stints, I was in the private sector in sales and sales management and I left. The SEAL teams after I got injured on deployment. So I was medically discharged. So I would have stayed in for my entire life, but you know, wasn't meant to be And right that transition is a whole story in and of itself and who I identified with and all those things. Uh, Before that, I went to college in, in Annapolis, Maryland at the Naval Academy. And uh, I'm originally from New York, uh, Long Island, New York, born and bred, and always proud to tell that people, tell that to people every chance I get. And right now I'm living in uh, South Jersey at a little town called Ocean City with my wonderful wife, Jen, and my three kids, uh, seven, my son is seven, my daughter is six, and my third daughter is 21 months now. So we. Oh man! Wow. And oh. and two hundred and fifty pounds of dog in the house. We've got three dogs. <laughs> um, so we are. We're just. We're in it.
0: That yeah, that's awesome. what I'm gonna say. You you are completely in it, uh, <laughs> it totally in, in the family, in the family space. So I want to shout out to Larry Hagner who uh, runs the Dad Edge podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we were he he was on our show a couple weeks back, and we've been on on his show and done some stuff with him. And he is the the dude that uh, hooked us up. Us, yeah. yeah. So shout out to Larry. Thanks, Larry. And we're super excited to have you. You know. <laughs> I first uh, got into—I was going to say—got into Navy SEAL stuff, it, which that sounds—that sounds goofy, but <laughs> this this growth growth mindset. Okay, let's do completely different stuff from our family of origin or, or what I grew up with, and like just realizing, hey, there is more out there. So you know, reading books like uh, uh, David Goggins, you know, uh, Jocko Willink, Leaf Babbin, stuff like that, and the concept and you know, we're not here to just talk about Jocko and all that stuff, but just that concept of extreme ownership went so far with me personally. And then Melanie got into Mm -hmm. it and we're just like, okay, let's, let's do this. So there's tons of things that I want to talk about uh, concerning like family culture. Mm -hmm. And we, we talk about on the show more is caught than taught Mm -hmm. from, you know, our kids. And that is definitely a, a leadership, uh, I guess, I don't know, um, idea. I, idea, like, yeah, okay, your employees, your, your supervisees, more is caught than taught, right? So I want to talk about that and just completely dive into it. Wim Hof cold exposure, I could talk about that for a long minute. Uh, you're also, you didn't say, you're also a certified uh, instructor of Wim Hof breathing method, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I keep forgetting that because that's, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that kind of separates me from a lot of people. And I use that, I use that methodology, in my leadership practice, uh, to, you know, how do you practice certain things in leadership, right? How do you practice that mindfulness and those emotional awareness, the things that we're probably going to talk about here. And aside from all of the physiological mental, emotional benefits of the Wim Hof method, um, it's just a great tool to practice things you want in your life. So I'll be super excited Mm -hmm. to talk about that as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited to dive in. And so I know pre recording of the show, I talked about this idea of wanting to really, uh, utilize your awesomeness because you're awesome. You've done so many awesome things. Your book is awesome. All of the awesome things. <laughs> Thank you. And so I <laughs> want to really talk about like, how do we push, excuse me, how do we push our listeners to kind of take that next step? Because I think a lot of people get into, so For one, I will start out by saying I never, ever, ever in a million years thought that I would like anything remotely like Navy SEAL, military. I thought, ah, Mm -hmm. that's for dudes. That ain't for me. And (laughs) then I started reading more, learning more, hearing more interviews. And I immediately was like, this applies to my family. Mm -hmm. This applies to my kids. The idea of like mission accomplishment or mission success, Mm -hmm. just the idea of a mission. I I was so fired up when I first heard that concept. And, you know, again, I heard it in the the, uh, arena of military. Talk. And so I was just super jazzed. And now, what I would like to do is figure out how to bridge that gap between learning about something and then implementing it in the home. Because Mm. in a home, we are leaders no matter what we think. If we're parents, we're leading. And often, parents who don't have a mission, who don't have a strategy, who don't have any goals or any vision for their family will lead their kids into just the crappiest, no good, nothing. And so I want to get your take and use your method. You had your, um, I wrote it in my notes here. Um, you had the idea of, you said, in the end, leaders are judged by mission accomplishment. How are your kids? How are your wife and your family? Did you accomplish your mission? Mm. And so I want you to sort of talk on that idea of how you use mission um, in families and in homes and why you think it's so important and why you talk about emotions, all of it. Just go. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah let's, yeah,
2: let's just let's just get started because we'll go in a million different directions, which yeah. is going to be great.
0: Yes.
2: Um, so the first thing is I The reason that I, you know, the the, the subtitle of the book is How to Inspire Confidence and Clarity in Combat in the Boardroom at the Kitchen Table. And I make that very clear that this is for all of those places. And again, primarily, I put combat first because people are like, oh, that sounds cool. Uh, (laughs) But kitchen table should be first. But, you know, look, the fact of the matter is that in my experience, Okay, and, and in all the various forms of combat that I've seen, which is the traditional form of combat in in, in the in the mountains of Afghanistan, battling it out with with the bad guys, to uh, all I did in, in the FBI, like when you're in it, when you are in a place to arrest people, that is a combat scenario. When mm-hmm. you are in a place to surveil, when you're walking streets where you're targeted, that is a combat scenario. And if you don't do things properly. As a leader in those scenarios, one of three circumstances, mission failure, injury, or death, all three unacceptable, okay? The good news is the leadership process that we do to make sure we get those things right is applicable anywhere. So I'll tell a combat story for, you know, for entertainment value, but mostly to say, here's how I use this element of the process. Here's how I use the entire process to make sure that we stayed alive, Okay. Here And so we'll go through it. And then I immediately bring it to now, how are you using that process? Because if it's good enough for me to make sure I walk out of this, okay, keep other people safe, stay alive, all that stuff. I think it's good enough for you to consider. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the first area, first and foremost. Okay. So it's not, it's not a stretch to bring these things together. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, it's not a stretch at all. It's barely a bridge. It's It's side by side. They're the same. So let's start with mission accomplishment. Okay. Since that's where we start, you know, it is, it's an easy philosophy. What are we trying to accomplish right now? What are we trying to accomplish in this moment? What are we trying to accomplish overall? Right. We hear a lot about our why and I'm with it. I get it. Your why is important, but your why will change. Your why will shift From moment to moment, minute to minute, right? Scenario to scenario, and then there'll be an overall why somewhere. So let's make sure we don't get ourselves locked in. So that's the spirit in which I want to talk about mission. Me and my wife, one more thing before I get into some examples. The other thing I hear when I talk about these things towards family, marriage, kids is, boy, that sounds a little impersonal right? You're, you're making plans all the time before you do anything. You're setting missions like that. What is that, right? That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound like a family atmosphere. And my response to that is, so let me get this straight. You want me to walk into my house or walk into the next room or address my child or my wife with something without a plan, without giving them the courtesy of saying, I've put every piece of effort I can into this conversation, and by doing that, here's what I came up with. That's how much thought I gave it. That's how important this is to me. Mm. I'll say to people, is that, what do you do? Just wing it with your family? <laughs> right. right now, all of a sudden, we've got a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You should care so much, at least here in this house, that every time you talk to your wife or husband, you say to yourself, all right, let me just get my thoughts straight here. Let me mm-hmm. try to help it's what I want to do. She seems a little upset. Let me get a plan for that just in case, mm. right? The whole thing. What are Man, we doing? That, Go
0: ahead, that, yeah. I I love that because we we talk about being proactive versus reactive and how oh we you know, do we do we lose our crap uh if if something goes sideways right when we come home, the kids are screaming. Uh and that's is such or can be seen as an act of love right. towards your spouse Absolutely. and towards your family, an act of just utmost respect. Right. I care about you, about our family, about how the rest of this day goes mm-hmm. so much that I'm actively involved in it. Right. I am so intentional. I've got a plan. And that is awesome. I love that reframe. Right. Got
2: it? Yeah. It's, and that's what it is. It's a reframe. Okay. Mm-hmm. We talk, you know, so then it's, well, Errol, you know, my home is my safe space. Right. So I don't feel like you know, I do all that stuff at work and I and I come home to my safe space and I say, cool, tell me what a safe space means. And I, I want to know because we all have a different and I'll get the same answer. And it's it's from guys, right? So let's just get this straight, listeners. We're I'm talking to you. The the ladies have their own challenges, but it's not this. I can promise you that. Um, and the safe space is usually, well, when I come home, I need I need time to decompress. So I don't want people talking to me and, mm. and, and I need to have a drink. And you know what, if I had a bad day, I should be able to snap at people and they should understand mm. that. And I say, okay, cool. That's a good definition. I got it. That sounds like that's a great place for you. That doesn't sound safe for anybody else. Right. right. They kind of like, Ooh. And I say, have you ever looked over your shoulder and see the path of destruction you're leaving with that safe space for you? Right. And, and, you know, and then I'll go on. Right. Because I get excited about this. and, And I say, so let me get this straight. They should just know intuitively not to talk to you. They should just know you've had a bad day. They should just know that you're allowed to bite their head off. Is that what am I hearing this right? You know, of course, now it's always, mm. well, I, well, when you put it that way, I'm like, well, what other way is there to put it? <laughs> right. Put it that way. What did I reframe it from some other way? That's, you said it, not me.
0: You know, and, and, and let me just say something, another, like, because we we do coaching as well. And I hear this all the time. It's like, well, I, I go out there and I make the money. And I've even thought this, you know, so I'm not saying that I'm not guilty right. of it, but there have been times right. when, well, I'm doing all this. And so we, we like, it's basically, I'm throwing a, a baby, party and i'm like (laughs) come on you're a grown-ass man look at it this way right you know people don't people aren't like bowing down at your feet you don't you know you think you're all this but no you're not and i i I love what you say the path of destruction Mm -hmm. like you know like we said before more is caught than taught and if my little girl or you know a young little boy is like looking oh yeah this is how daddy treats a woman or or this stuff it's like oh my gosh no that's not it so it's like. Wake up, you don't deserve as much as you think. Change.
2: Right. right. Well and look, and it, and it comes to, you know so after I smash this in the face of most of <laughs> my male clients, you know I back off I say, look, th- th- here's the thing. Nobody says you can't be in a mood. Nobody says mm-hmm. you can't feel stressed. Nobody says you can't need time to yourself. The point is, you're being lazy. You're just hoping and assuming that everybody gets it when all you need to do is understand, okay, man, get ready, understand your emotions, recognize how you're feeling. And if you're not going to come strong with your best self, just tell people, Hey Mm -hmm. honey, I feel terrible right now. I had a terrible day. I'm on edge. If something, if I bite your head off, can you please just be patient with me. I'm going to try to get out of this. Can you give me 15 minutes, right? Look, I don't know what the answer is going to be. The answer might be no. Get Get in the mm-hmm. game. Good. Get a new plan. I'm in the game. All right. The situation is this. My wife said I need to be in the game now. My mission is to put this other stuff behind us, right? What's your plan? Same thing with the kids. I've got little kids, okay? And you feel like you don't need to do the hard thing and explain that to them. Daddy, you know, but- or what's worse, just bite their head off, have them walk away. And now, like you guys just said, that's how they're going to treat people. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to um, not subjugate yourself, but it's hard to humble yourself before a child and say, dad's not feeling so good right now. And I know you want to play or I know you want to talk. I know you want to show me this. Can I come back to you in a little while? they're going to say yes. And now you have just led that child to understanding we express our emotion. We understand how it potentially might make us act. We're asking for some help. That's a safe space. The safe space is when you can be, once again, get ready for the big word, vulnerable, express how you feel and express what you need. That's mm-hmm. a safe place. You can't do that everywhere outside your walls, but you should be able to do it there. And then you'll get what you want by and large. <laughs> right? Right. So yeah. So that's it. I'll, I'll stop. I can just keep going, obviously. So. Right. Well, no, that's there, great.
1: One thing I did want to point out is that you talk about the science of all of this stuff and how this works in our brains. And one thing that popped into my head as you were talking about this analogy in the home, uh, talking to your kiddos and that kind of thing is that I don't think adults understand enough that when we speak what is inside of our head out loud to our children, we are helping them understand their own mind. And we do this with little, little kids. We go, the red block goes in the red space and mommy's brushing her teeth. And we overly communicate what we're doing because we want our kid to learn. But at some point around three, four, five, we just stop doing that with some of the most important parts about us as a human. And that's what we think, our inner dialogue, our inner monologue of, even something as simple as man, daddy had a really hard day. I feel super tired right now. I want to play with you. Can you give me about 15 minutes to kind of just cool off and then I'll come and play with you. Sound good. Mm-hmm. Like that is modeling and showing our children how to navigate their own inner world. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason we just don't think it's worth our time or we don't even know to do it, you know, well, but it's it, so both. vital. Both. Mm-hmm.
2: We don't think it's worth our time. We don't think it's necessary. Right. Whatever it is, but here's 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 why: because it's hard. Right, it's hard. It's so the concept is so simple, and that's when you know you've got something good. And that you know that's why I think my leadership process is good. So simple. But go ahead and start trying to execute it because it's going to be super hard. But if you do, you're going to be okay. Same thing with that. And I couldn't agree with more. And and, and you know I've, I've listened to your shows. And we talk about the very many same things, guidelines, behaviors. What are our behaviors? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. one of the principles of my leadership process, identifying behaviors. You don't always need to come out and say, this is the behavior. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you should, you know, you need to. But in the example that we're talking about with our kids, you're modeling that behavior. That is a behavior now that you're saying. And when in our house, a big thing is that's not how we do business around here. Okay. Mm. And you can only say that if people know what you're talking about. So when my son, he might, you know, my daughter's gotten pretty good predictably of saying, I'm feeling this way right now. She's not really sure where to go with it, but we're starting. (laughs) Right. My son needs some more help. He might just act out on it like his dad tends to do. And we get to say now, hey, that's not how we do business around here. He knows exactly what I mean now. He knows we don't just act on our emotion. If I'm feeling a certain way, I have to say that way because it's not okay to just be mean to somebody even though I'm feeling a certain way. We just say that, we do it, we do it over and over again. And now when we talk about culture, what's your family culture? Culture in my mind is made up of the things you do, not the labels you put on them. So I don't know what the label of that culture is, but I know that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We say, I'm feeling this way and I'm about to act this way what's next, right? Whatever it is. Right. And the fact that you, when you can say in, in a culture, Hey, that's not how we do business. And everybody goes, yeah, I, I know what he's saying. That's not how we mm-hmm. do it around here. Mm-hmm. You've got it. Good. Thumbs up. And that's, mm-hmm. that's it. That's a behavior. That's an example of a behavior that requires emotional awareness. Okay. You have, because that's going to drive the action. It involves cultural awareness because culture is made up of the things you do. So if you're aware of how you feel and how you may act, then you get to define a behavior,
0: mm-hmm.
2: behavior mm-hmm. You to act in spite of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: empowering.
0: It is very empowering. And so on the Dad Edge podcast, you said something, and we've talked about this before. We go to what we know, mm-hmm. and that makes me think of the saying. Uh, uh, we we all assume that we're going to rise to the level of our expectations. Like, yeah, when that thing comes up, I'll you know I'll be the best. I'll be the best, and I'll right. do this, and I'll run fast, or throw the sky right hook, or whatever. Um. But we always fall to the level of our planning, right?
1: Or so, training, isn't it? We fall to the level of our training, training,
0: down? planning, kind of thing. So in family of origin and stuff, if we go to what we know, we go to what we what was modeled, you know, what we saw our mom do, dad do, okay. peers. So there has to be this this awareness. We also say awareness is curative, right? So oh, wait a minute, I'm being a douche husband. Okay, admit that this is what's going on and then do the work to, um, to, to make, to, uh, to make the thing we go to what we know. Okay. I know that I have these, these steps. Standard. I know that this is a culture. Mm-hmm. I know that this is how we do business around here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't how we used to do it, but guess what kids, guess right. what family, this is how we do business and we can that. fall back to that thing.
1: Yeah. I want to ask you, oh, sorry. No, you talk no, and then I'll ask you. A question. No, go
0: ahead. Ask your question, right? I,
1: I had this in my head earlier when you're talking. I'm like, oh, I need to ask him. Uh, so one of the things that I want your personal experience, like on the battlefield in these moments of intense combat or mm-hmm. stuff like with SWAT team things, whatever it is, I don't even know what the words are. But in those moments, one of the ways <laughs> I like to talk to um, our coaching clients is um, people who work on teams communicate everything. They communicate all the things that they need to know. And so one of the things we hear all the time from our women, our wives are my husband never tells me anything. Mm. And I don't know what husbands think their wives want to hear, but I want to, I always use this analogy of a team um, or, you know, like in a combat, you, you talk about what your strategy is and your plan is, and if something goes wrong, what plan B is or plan C. And I want your perspective on what that is like from a dude who's actually been in these experiences and why does communication matter so much? Why does it matter? And how do we implement it in our homes and with our spouses?
2: So communication has a couple of different areas. You've got the soft skills of communication, right? And then communicating what's happening. Which is, so there's two, and that's what I also remind people. We've got two conversations going here. I'm telling you, I'm going to talk to you about how to make a plan. What are the elements of the plan? Delivering it to your people, delivering it to your family, that requires some soft skills. We're not touching that right now because we've got to get the basics right. Because even if you deliver something clunk, clunkily, um, <laughs> it's, still, it's still delivered. Okay, and you can work on softening your pitch, hardening your pitch, but we've got to get the the, the elements right first. Mm-hmm. One of the things, and we kind of touched on a little earlier, right? What's my plan for everything mm-hmm. I do? One of the things I see in corporate America, just across the board, is people just start doing stuff, right? Hey, let's you know, somebody comes up with an idea, and then they say, yes, let's get that done. And there might be some initial conversation around it and, and then it and then it dies, right? Nobody can ever figure out why, you know, why these things die. And it's because nobody made a plan, right? And we talk about how this process builds, each element builds on the other one. Well, how do we hold people accountable? Well, you can't hold someone accountable if they don't know what they're supposed to be accountable to. Right. The elements of a planning process that I'll just go over real quickly, yes. identify what everybody's going to be accountable to. So, the act, and I look, I this is a straight ripoff from the SEAL teams. I bought this over from the SEAL teams. This is how we planned. I modified it, watered it down a little bit. But if you cover the elements of this plan before you start acting, you will succeed or you will know that you're not ready to do it. Okay. Cause it will, the plan will tell you. All right. And we get that. But what are the elements? The acronym is smack. I hate the acronym. I wanted to try to turn it around, but I couldn't. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> situation, mission, actions, contingencies, command, communication. Okay. Do you want me mm. to just briefly touch on each yes. one? And then, and, then, yeah. and then we'll go yes. through how we apply it, right? Yes. Love it. Sit- situation. Set of circumstances dictating a need for action. It can be a problem, it can be an opportunity. But somebody says something to you, and your response is, well, What are we doing? What are we gonna do about that? You've got a situation on your hands. Set of circumstances dictating a need for action. You need to do this because the answer might be, so what, right? Hey, you know, guys, this is happening. Hey, you know, hey, Melly, this this thing is happening. Here's what it is. Your response is, so what? That has nothing mm-hmm. to do with us. Mm-hmm. And you go, huh? I guess you're right. So what? You've just saved yourself a ton of time, right? We don't need to do anything about this. What do we care, right? (laughs) So so the situation, if you have a situation, a set of circumstances dictating a need for action, then you need to identify your mission. M, what are you trying to accomplish? You can have several missions that's allowed, but then they have to be broken out separately. Your mission cannot be four different things into one run on compound sentence. It's got to be, if you've got four things you want to accomplish, it's got to be four things, Okay, and that's it. You have to define. We are trying to accomplish this. This is so valuable to when we talk about conflict, people arguing. Okay, and me and my wife do it all the time. Right? Not argue all the time, but when we do, this is it. Right? We say, "Look, what are we? What are we trying to accomplish here? What is our mission?" Because half the time we're talking about two different things. So when we identify specifically what we're talking about, what we're trying to achieve, the conversation generally becomes easier. (laughs) Okay. Then we can say, well, no, I thought we were trying to achieve this. Now you're having constructive conversation about what you're trying to do. Bring that home, bring that to your kids, bring that to work, bring that everywhere. Okay. What are we talking about here? What's our mission? Okay. So that's it. If you have a mission, you need to identify the actions that you need to take to accomplish that mission. All right. Simple as that. Hey, if we're going to do this thing, here are the five things we need to do. Now all of a sudden you're learning some things. Well, we don't have the capacity to do three of these things. Oh my gosh. Great. Stop trying to achieve the mission. Now you have a new mission. Get the capacity to do these things so we can come back to this. Right. So it's just, it, it just builds on itself. If you have actions, it is it goes without saying that things can go wrong. You always need to account for some things that can go wrong. Now, here's where we've got the that person who's always finding the negative in there. And just, look, I'm just trying to be a realist. Tell you what, you know, blah blah. You know, you're like no, you're just being negative. That person has a place. That person's place is not in the beginning. Okay, it's not when we say, hey, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's why. Here's if we do these things, we can do it. Okay okay, Mr. and Mrs. Negative, what can go wrong? Because that's that's cool now. We've got it. We can't, we're not blind. And now we say, we get to say, okay, if we do this thing, these three things can go wrong. Can we mitigate those three things? Can we live with it if those things go wrong? Whatever. If the answer is yes, press on. If the answer is no, good. The plan has just told you why you need to stop. Contingencies, very difficult, but important. Uh, Command, command is not, I command you to do this. Command is, if you've got an action, well, somebody, there's got to be a name next to it. Who's in charge of that action? Who's in command of that action? Can't hold someone accountable if they don't know what they're supposed to be accountable to. Think about the conversation you have around groceries. Hey, we need these four things. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, hmm. the, you know, there you go. who's going who's gonna to go get them? Just right. got to have the conversation instead of just hoping that other person says they'll go get him. And then that has all sorts of problems, which you guys talk about all the time, but it's command mm-hmm. who's in charge of it. Okay. Um, and then communication. Now, communication, like I said, there's a couple different things. There's soft skills. And in my mind, from the plan, communication means when are we going to talk about this? Who's going to be involved in the conversation, right? How long is it going to take? By what means are we going to talk, right? How often are we going to talk? We have to talk about these things. So if we're trying to accomplish this thing and we say we want to accomplish it by this date, we should probably talk about it once a day at the end of the day for 10 minutes with these people, right? And that might change, that might vary, but you've now established when you're going to talk about it. And if you have that plan, you'll be able to see the other holes in the other parts of the plan. Okay, hey, let's talk about uh how's this action going, right? Whatever it is. And everybody's silent. And you're like, oh, we forgot to assign command to that. Shoot, good thing we have this meeting as part mm-hmm. of our communications. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. You apply that. I apply so, and I, I say I apply that to everything I do. I I walk into a different room, I'm thinking that. Cause that's just the way now I've wired myself, not the way I'm right. wired. It's the way I've wired myself. And mm-hmm. that goes back to, that sounds awful impersonal Errol. You mean you plan every time. And then my response is, you mean it's impersonal to have a plan to bring my best self to every situation I'm in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Call me mm-hmm. impersonal then because yeah. my mission might be to make sure uh, I give everybody the love that they need that maybe I, I didn't give them earlier in the day. That's awful and personal. That's terrible. My God. Mm. So, so that's it. Right. That's, 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 that's the planning process in a nutshell. I'll, I'll stop. That no, is I, so awesome.
0: I love that. So I don't get in a car and just drive.
1: Nowhere. Yeah. You plan. Right. Right. <laughs> I wonder where I'm going.
0: I don't know. Right or left out of the driveway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> unless you're just on a Sunday drive, but then it's like, okay, my mission is to just go and explore. And to have, have fun. a Sunday
2: drive. It doesn't right. My That's mission is, is to not think about anything. Good. You've established mm-hmm. it. What do you need to do? Go sit in front of the TV with some awful food and a stupid TV show. Right. Mission accomplished.
0: <laughs> mission <laughs> okay. accomplished. And, and there, and that is a fine balance because I so that goes into the what we were talking about earlier. You know, dudes are just like, oh, I just want to, you know, decompress and you know, steam off or or whatever. It's like, okay, how many days in a row? Are you sitting in front of the TV right. eating Cocoa Puffs or whatever? You know, uh, let's. Well, that's my mission, bro. Um, okay. Well, how's that working out for you? Right, you know, yeah. it's like you know, uh, M- Monday through Friday, I just turn left or right. I don't know. Oh, I end up don't going to work, and now I'm in big trouble, right. kind of thing. You know, that's
2: right, and that's a great point when you say, "Well, my mission is to be a dirtbag." <laughs> okay, good. That's why. That's why my process is a process. Each element builds on the one before. You can't just take one and run with it, uh, solitarily, if that's even a word. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, okay. Yeah. So the, the planning process, good. But in, in your example, right, which is an excellent example, what is your behavior? What behavior have you established for yourself? What behavior are you going to hold yourself accountable to? What behavior that if you behaved in this way, you would be a better boss, you'd be a better husband or wife, you'd be a better parent. There is a behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So, is that the behavior you want for yourself to be lazy? I want to be lazy. Okay. Technically you're following the rules to great leadership, but I think we can all agree that that's not necessarily a behavior that makes you better at everything. Right. So you're, so you're not meeting the spirit of the rule there. So once again, that's it. That's how I would counter somebody who over and over again says, well, that's my, that's my mission. I say, great. So what are the behaviors you hold yourself accountable to? Because, great leaders. They have behaviors where they know if they bring this behavior in everything they do, everything will be better.
1: Mm -hmm. What is your
2: behavior? Well, I don't have one. Okay, good. That's what we need to look. We skip the skip.
1: So let's now,
2: now we go into that whole self-awareness process, right? Without judgment, we're not judging ourselves. We're just observing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Why do you think it's so easy or I don't know, I guess, why is it easier for dudes to bring that sort of High energy, mission-driven mindset to everywhere else, but their marriage and their family.
2: Um, you know that's a that's a great question, and I think it's ultimately laziness and unawareness. Um, it's it's not it's not leadership, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And and I think there's just, you know, Seth, there's an expectation of, I'm out there doing the hard work. Stay home with the kids for a couple of days. You'll see what hard work is. All right. You'll go Um, nuts. Yeah. yeah, You'll go nuts. Believe me. So that's what I think it is. I, I, if I can just put it as bluntly as that it's laziness, it's unawareness, and it's not identifying that you're a leader. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's fine if that's your thing but then that's your thing mm-hmm. um and and the, the transition so i gave i had i had a client they were they, they were just having a hard time with this concept so i said all right look let me try to break it down into an example you might get so i used to run triathlons and you know you'd run through the race and you'd do the best you could at the run the bike and the swim right and you'd look at your times and you say well wait, I don't know if I can get much faster, but I've got how am I going to catch this these people? And what I realized was my transition times were very smooth. So going from the swim to the bike, from the bike to the run, they needed to be faster. And what I said was, okay, this is a different race. That's a different part of the race that I'm that I haven't identified. I'm not identifying my transition from one to the other. And inside of that, that's its own unique race. So I have to have a plan for that. Boom, there I am. So you know, the guy I was talking to, he got it. like, "Yeah, so what's your point?" I said, "You're not transitioning from work to home. Mm. You're doing no transition. You're just—it's like one big thing for you, and you're making decisions that on one that aren't applicable." Okay, so you're bringing. Your silliness, your nonsense, your stress from work into home when it has no place there. You're not transitioning. You're not saying, I am now moving to a different area of leadership in my life. What Mm -hmm. is my plan? Walking through the door, right? The, The fact that you're thinking about it means you're going to be able to do it. And then you Mm -hmm. go through the process. I'm feeling stressed, emotional awareness and recognition. When I'm stressed, I'm a jerk, cultural awareness and recognition. But I want to behave calm. I want to express myself in a way that everybody can understand. And I add benefit to the family, guidelines for behavior. And now here's my plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in because my mission is to be my best self here. I'm not feeling good. So my actions are going to be to tell my wife, can I have a minute? Whatever. Then you just go through Mm it. Okay. You've just done it. You've just transitioned. Now you awesome. are, and that's, and that's the best way I can put it. Why people don't do it? I think, again, it's the simple answer. Right. It's because right. it's yeah. hard.
0: Because yeah. it's hard and it all runs together. And when you were asking that question, I have two points here. Uh, it made me think about um, the resistance and you, t- you talk a little bit about it, it in your book, but Stephen Pressfield uh, talks about the resistance as that thing that's always going to be there. And we have to, every single morning, understand you know a wise man understands that it's there and understands how he or she is going to address it you know it's like okay every morning i wake up at five i do my cold exposure and then go run i'm not Mm going to be like super elated and excited and just bonkers ecstatic to do that every single morning there's gonna be like hey my bed is warm you know i had a late yeah. night last night all this stuff i don't feel like it yeah right. <laughs> just don't right. you don't, like you don't it. feel you don't feel like it and i think uh ryan Mickler of ward of man talks about like that that's the natural man like we have a, a proclivity just to kind of like eh, take the easy way out right and so that's one thing that we we have to address and fight against push back against mm-hmm. but then the other thing um, I talk about it with my clients, coaching and therapy clients as especially the dads, is maybe having that driveway moment where, okay, you take a minute, you take off this you know corporate work hat, you put on your husband, your dad, you're like, nice dude hat, and whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. So one, um, I'm not going to say foolproof, but one 99.9% surefire way to do that is to get into your body and regulate right i love box breathing and different breathing exercises so that kind of is a perfect segue into the wim hof method like okay get inside your body you control it and then you regulate your physiology your heart rate goes down all this stuff right so if if guys especially and moms too i mean this is for any human basically uh make aware like, okay, I'm putting on this different hat. Let me get into my body. If that means five minutes breathing in the driveway. Hey dad, what are you doing? Doing breathing exercises, son. Right. You know, give me five. Yeah, Just just give give
2: me five. Just trying to, just trying to, just trying to present myself the best way I can. And I need a minute. Yeah. um, Yeah. And and that goes, right. Goes back to what we talked about earlier that you are now setting a behavioral guideline. You are teaching amazing things like, Oh, you mean I'm, when I'm upset, I'm allowed to take a minute Mm-hmm. right cool. yeah that's, that sounds easy enough right i could do that and as you're teaching your child that so the resistance i'm glad you brought that up uh yeah i i i i look, the resistance isn't a unique term but mm-hmm. i ripped it off from Stephen pressfield i i have a, a small a, a slightly different take on it mm-hmm. but it's basically the same premise there's going to be something that's going to stop you from being your best self i base the resistance primarily around the fact that if you understand that my leadership process well not understand it it follows the way the brain works to rewire itself I, I stumbled on that i was so excited when i found it but the brain literally starts to rewire itself with the acknowledgement of emotions and how we do what we, how we act on them right the fact that you have that acknowledgement metacognition is what they call it in the in the science world the fact that you have it starts to rewire your brain you're already changing your physiology. And then when you make a decision on how you want to behave, and then you have a plan to, to execute that behavior, the brain is paying attention, it's rewiring itself. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to not get it right. Okay. And we want to talk about right Melanie, you like the mission accomplishment thing, right? Mission accomplishment is the goal, not neat and tidy. Neat and tidy is not the goal. Cause if that's your goal, don't, don't do it because it'll right. never be neat and tight. You can still get to the mission. And when you realize, okay, as it relates to the resistance, and then we'll get into Wim Hof stuff, but I just, this, I really think it's an important point that I'm trying to make this behavioral change. And I'm literally trying to change the chemical makeup of my body. And I'm literally trying to rewire my brain. That is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. So give myself some grace, a little patience. Okay, doesn't mean I get to make excuses for myself. But I'm allowed to say, you know what, I just fell off on that. I just snapped at my kids. And it's not what I wanted. I'm not stupid. I'm not lazy. I'm not a jerk. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm trying to change and it's hard. So give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. Go apologize, acknowledge all that stuff, right? Go right back to the process. Now I feel guilty. How am I acting? now? How do I want to act? Right. The whole thing, make my plan. Um, But that's that's kind of how I frame the resistance, right? It's it's to give people a little bit of a break, the opportunity to give themselves a a break to understand you're trying to rewire yourself, just couples. My God, you guys have seen it many times. You Mm -hmm. all are trying to rewire your brains or how you interact with each other. It's going to be hard. Okay, so give yourself some patience, right? Give that mm-hmm. other person some patience when they mess it up, right? You oh, don't yeah. have to, no, oh, you know They use that one time, you did this, all right? That goes right back to behaviors. Is that what we're doing? Okay. We're playing, we're on. <laughs> but that's what I like. It's a cycle, but uh, all right, so you wanted to, right? Um, transition into a little bit of the right, the cold exposure. Like I need some, yeah, bath, the Wim Hof, to- the yeah. self yeah.
0: regulation. Mm-hmm.
2: So I think your example is perfect. And I can just how I use the Wim Hof method to help people. So right, you're saying right box breathing, all breathing, good breathing. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Wim Hof breathing is is different and unique. It it serves a very different purpose from, but from our life, you know, if you're a yoga practitioner, that's how you should be breathing. In through the nose, probably out through the nose, but you know, whatever it is, nice and gentle, long. If you need a minute box breathing it's conscious breathing right and i think there's a couple of different things but isn't that like the seven in hold seven mm-hmm. out, right mm-hmm. so right beautiful because you are now focused consciously on how your breath is working and we know physiologically that's going to help you that's going to help you calm down now cold exposure one of the most important things is again emotional awareness and recognition Right. And mostly when we talk about you go to what you know in moments of stress, that's what, you know, that's ultimately what's going to define us. When things get hard, right, how are Seth and Melanie showing up? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you need to be able to recognize that. How do you recognize it? How do you practice that? Before you step into an ice bath, when you're in an ice bath and when you get out, I can guarantee you one thing you're going to have an emotion. Okay. There are going to be emotions there. Mm -hmm. And if your intention, something you all talk about a lot, because it's important, it's an overused word, but it's the right word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so we're not moving away from it just because people abuse it and don't get it right. If your intention in going into the ice bath is to focus on your emotions, now you're practicing. Now you're building a habit and a skill. Okay, that's the first thing. When you get into the ice bath, you it is an induced panic attack. It is your sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight. It's it should happen, right? Because mm-hmm. that is danger. Your body's going. This is dangerous. Get out. What's going mm-hmm. on here? Okay. So when I do my Wim Hof workshops, right, I tell people, look, um, that's all good. We have to recognize it. Shivering, that's good, right? That helps the body stay warm. It's, it's the body's mechanism. But I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you to get into this thing and be calm and not shiver. And then that begs the question, well, that sounds dangerous. You just said shivering is there to save us. Yes. But if you get past that, right through your mindset, through your breath, then your body goes into a metabolic response and it starts to heat itself naturally by burning fat. Okay. It's great. Well, it sounds awesome. What's the point in all this? All right. So I get into the ice bath and I go, (gasps) And then I recognize I have a plan. I have behaviors that I want to establish inside, right? It's all the, it's everything is there inside the process, right? I want to try to be calmer in this ice bath. I want to be less dramatic. Okay. What's my plan? My -hmm. plan is because now I know, because I listened to this awesome podcast that (laughs) when I get an exhale, right, that activates something called the vagus nerve in your brain, which is literally designed to calm you down. So again, take a breath, breathe, relax, right? There's a physiological scientific reason for that now, right? Do your box breathing. Uh Uh-oh, vagus nerve, calm down, right? Now we know, okay? So now I do that and I have to focus my attention on one thing because if you have your attention focused on the noise of the cold, this is cold, this is the worst, how much longer, why am I doing this? You're not focused. You are still in sympathetic. We know science tells us when we think one, we go from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, right? Our multitaskers out there, you're firing on fight or flight response. And now you are full in your body, full of adrenaline and stress. If you focus on one thing at a time, your body stays in rest and digest. Your mind opens to new ideas. And so what's the one thing you want to focus in the ice bath? Got to focus on your breath because that's the thing that's going to calm you down physiologically. Okay. Now I'm focused on the breath. Get control of my breath. All of a sudden I'm focused on my breath alone. Huh? I stopped shivering. That was weird. Now you thought thinking about shivering. Now you're going to start shivering. Oh, back to the breath. Okay. But that, that's the point. And if you get, and that's all I coach people the first time they go through the ice bath, breathe, breathe, breathe. Second, you think about the noise around you go back. Now, what's the point we're making here? How do you know what you go to in moments of stress? How do you practice that? Well, I just gave you the practice. Okay. So you walk into the house and now there's just stress. And now the stress is coming to you. And you're like, oh my, this is too much. I'm starting to get really amped up here. I'm starting to panic a little bit. What's happening? Wait a second. I've been here before. I recognize this. This is just a." A, a physiological response to stress to the outside noise. Focus on my breath, calm down, relax. Now make a plan because now your mind's opened up. You, you have now the forethought to say, how do I want to behave here? Hold on a second. The stress is too much, right? That's it. That's how you practice. So how you show up in an ice bath will tell you a lot about yourself for one. Okay. You're going to learn about yourself and it's a, it's an intellectual drill to help you to recognize stress get past the stress and then make other decisions in spite of the stress around Mm -hmm, you. So that's, that's kind of how I use it from a coaching standpoint, if that makes sense.
1: Right. So we just need to look at our families as the ice bath. (laughs) Like you walk into the house. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. First you have to cultivate how you're going to respond to that. Right. right? I, so I did the, 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 I never went through like a full Wim Hof thing, but I, I found him a couple of years ago and I was like, okay, this is something. So I have a, you know, a hundred gallon, you know, galvanized tank in our backyard and for a year straight, you know, starting, starting in the summer and then doing it every day, you know, getting colder and colder and colder. And then I found myself, it was December, January, February, yeah. I was breaking through the ice getting in
1: right.
0: and just calming. And I began to actually love that mm-hmm. and crave it because it was such a, Relaxing time, and you you learn things. You learn so many things about yourself. Wait a minute, I can do this. I can cultivate it. I'm not scared of it. I can control. And it was so enlightening and just empowering. Really, you know, like oh yeah. And then oh, guess what? More is called than taught. So right. oh, our little <laughs> kids started doing it too.
1: All of our kids breaking through it.
0: the ice and getting in it. You know, for like two seconds. I ah,
1: you know it's crazy, but
0: that was <laughs> it's a, a start. start. It's just yeah. it, it, it's it's just absolutely great. I, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. Here's the other fun. thing
2: about here's the here's the other thing about that. Okay. So the um you get the clients and and when I have them through my go through my my eight week program, one of the things is I I'm, I'm gonna ask you to take a cold shower every day with the intention of each element. Right. Mm-hmm. Emotional awareness. What's your you know? Tell me about it. Cultural awareness. What are you doing? right i'm walking around in circles procrastinating before i get in i'm in i'm in the shower i'm making a big show of it those are things you do right that's your culture okay so you always get the person every workshop i do every everywhere i go i always find the person that hates cold more than anybody else in the world right oh there you are again <laughs> and the point the <laughs> the point the point i make to everybody around that is the cold is simply a sensation that's all it is. right? The cold has no agenda. Mm-hmm. Cold is you get cold and you feel something on your body. That's what it is. We're the ones who assign the emotion to it. Okay. Yeah. We assign this is the worst thing in the history of the world. This is whatever it is. OK, so everybody gets it. Cool. And then you make the simple point. What other things in your life are you assigning the emotion to that are just things? Mm-hmm. Traffic is just a thing. You know, your husband being in a pissy mood is just a thing. Okay. You're the one who's assigning the emotion to it. So you want to talk about control, empowerment. Imagine you just get to assign emotion, positive emotion to everything that happens, right? Even that awful person who you work with, we all know that person. Well, what's my, how am I going to assign? This person is driving me nuts. Great. They're owning you now. How do you own them? I, I don't know. There's an art to that, right? but your art, right that's the process, art and science. Let's first acknowledge emotional awareness and recognition. Inside of that, you've got to figure out what it is for you. That person is making me angry. How do I want to behave? What emotion do I want to assign this? Empathy. Wow it's not me, it's them. They, they're just mm-hmm. they're just miserable right And they try to they choose to take it out on me. I just I'm, I just feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Boy, that takes a lot of power back, doesn't it? Right. (laughs) All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's okay. Like, oh, boy, there you go again. Man, you just. I feel sorry for you, dude. Yeah. Awful life. So, you know, so again, I'm monologuing. We're on a show here. We're supposed to be having a discussion. So let me- <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no awesome.
1: this is, this is
0: great. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah, so.
1: I did want to, I want to ask you one more question. And then I want you to just talk about your book like the most, because we can, we kind of like dove past it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> into a bunch okay. of conversation, But the one thing I did want to ask you, and this is for like the ladies, um, cause this is the way I look at, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but this idea that, Men are leaders in their home, even if they don't think they are. Men are leaders mm-hmm. in their home, even if their wife is tired of their husband not leading and she's trying to lead. Mm-hmm. I always have wives saying, I wish my husband would lead. He's making me do everything. Mm-hmm. He's made he doesn't care. He says he doesn't want to do it. He does blah blah blah. So I'm now leading. And so I want to kind of talk about this from a strategic standpoint almost because. Uh, I I go back to this idea of like in a military moment when you're in a, what use some terms that I don't know what they are. Like if you're in battle and you're leading, what do you call that? What are you the battlefield uh,
2: leadership? Okay. Battlefield leadership. So
1: what is the person who is like the closest to you? You're like, okay, we, so husband and wife, I want the man to be the main leader guy. And Mm -hmm. then the wife is right next to him saying, yes, here's our plan. Show me the opponent. Show me where we do this, whatever. What's that called? And how do you make husbands understand that that is what their wife is wanting from them?
2: Mm. Yeah, there's a lot there, you know, to end on that. That's like, we could have started with that. I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, look, but it's important. It's an important question because, and and I appreciate what you said. I, you know, I'm... Somebody might call them to get that male chauvinist off the show. Men, you are the leaders of your home, whether you like it or not. I don't, I don't know why, but you are. So just get your arms around that. Okay. Um, Right. King of the jungle, the lion, he doesn't do anything. Okay. The the mother does all the work, all the hunting, all the feeding, but yet king of the jungle, right? (laughs) Leader of the pride who doesn't do anything. Now I'm not suggesting that's what we should do. The point
1: is,
2: (laughs) I don't know why, why that's a fact. It's a fact. Um, It doesn't mean that you have to do everything. It doesn't mean you have to direct everything. Okay. It doesn't mean that the wife wants to do the things she's doing because she's the mother. That's the way mothers do it, man. They just, that's it. Mm -hmm. So we can let them do it but leadership comes in support leadership comes in what are we doing today leadership comes in how can i help right hey this is your this is your show okay my wife runs this house that's it but my energy dictates how this house goes and i right. hate that responsibility but that's it that's a responsibility so if all i need to do is take my selfish, whiny, negative energy outside once in a while or apologize for it to set a tone, I'm leading, okay? So it doesn't mean you have to make the dinner, doesn't mean you have to, all that stuff. The mother's going to do what she knows she needs to do. The Trust me, guys, okay? She just needs that leadership, mm-hmm. some emotional leadership. Hey, are you okay? It seems like you're stressed. Yes. I'm stressed. Let her vent, man. Let her get on it. You're leading. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't even have to do anything. That's the, and, 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 and the wives will tell us this over and over again. I just want to tell you, I don't Mm -hmm. need an answer. How much easier can it get if you think about it as a husband? So let me get this straight. I see you're mad and I say, is everything okay? You say no. And I say, well, what's wrong? And I don't have to say another word. (laughs) I don't know what we're asking for here, guys. Pretty yeah. easy. You do have, you do have to be present. You do have to be actively listening. You have to be engaged, but you don't have to come up with anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand. Right. Mellon, you tell me, am I off the mark here? No, <laughs> keep talking. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm on the mark. <laughs> yes. But the, the point is it's, it's, it's the same anywhere. Okay. So to, all joking aside to get back to that question. That's what I think, right? Leadership does not mean doing anything. Leadership is establishing what's the environment and how do we make it keep going in the right way? Generally speaking, guys, it's going to be the energy you bring
0: mm-hmm. to the
2: house. Mom will take care of the rest, trust me. But if you're bringing a good, positive support energy, then that's going to be good. Think of it this way. You have to get the kids out right, to school every morning. You can do it one or two ways. You can do it bitching and moaning all the way home, or you can do it with some sort of lightheartedness. The action is still happening. You still have to accomplish that mission, but how you show up to it makes all the difference in the world. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, you know, again, we could talk about this all day, but that, right. does that help? Am I answering the oh, question? yeah.
1: No, that's, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you couldn't have answered it any better. And that's exactly what I was hoping for. Cause it's so hard to communicate But it's so, and and I wanted a man to speak to it because I think Mm. that, and a guy like you, who's done so many awesome Mm. things that many, many, many men respect. So thank you for taking the time to answer that. But now I just want you to talk about your book. Tell people about it. Talk about it all you need to. Where can people get it? All of the things. Tell us about it.
2: No, I appreciate the process, art and science of leadership. We've, we've covered a little bit of everything you heard today. If you liked it, it's in detail in the book. Mm-hmm. And you've got the requisite war stories to back that thing up, but there's also business stories. There's also personal stories. I'm very vulnerable in the book. I, 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 I gauge the book on how screwed up I am, not how great I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I'm way more screwed up than I am great. And that's not negative self-talk. It's just a vulnerability that people need to know is present there. So You know, you get the book, you go to all things, me, leader one, nine, three, leader 193com is my website on Instagram and Facebook. Those are my two big uh, things, you know, leader at leader one, nine, three. But can I, I I know we're running up against but can I give, I want it. Everybody's hearing like, Oh, combat examples for everything. I haven't heard a combat example for emotion.
1: Mm, Can I? Yeah.
2: But you can, you can cut it out if you want, but no, 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 absolutely. Because this is, because if, if the spirit of this is, hey guys, lighten up, get in touch with your emotions, and Errol's saying this, this Navy SEAL FBI guy who's been in all these combat, he's saying it's applicable everywhere. Well, where it is, it is. This story is in the book. I've got a bunch of other ones, but this is the most powerful one that I share. So when I was in Afghanistan, I was in Afghanistan actually as a special agent uh, with the FBI, and I was assigned to the 75th Ranger Regiment. And me and, and there's some other guys like me in the FBI who have, the experience I had as a Navy SEAL, I was a counterterrorism investigator. I knew how to interview people. And at the time in the war in Afghanistan, our Special Operations Forces needed people like us with the skills to talk to people. They were doing a fine job of smashing targets, right? That wasn't their, they didn't need help with that. They needed help slowing down once they got on target, talking to people, getting some more information. So that they bought me and, and several other people like me in, attached to the Rangers, the SEALs, the Delta Force Um, And that was our job once we got on target and secured the target. Now, I had to work through a translator, obviously, right? Nobody in that area of the world spoke English. So everything I did to the bad guys, the people on target had to go through a translator. Me and the translator would go over the target set before every operation. We had a trust, right? We did. We we exchanged ideas. We spoke to each other. Every idea was on the table. We weren't going to make fun of each other for an idea, whatever it was. So we did that before every operation. And that gains, you know, you gain a rapport. So we come under fire one day, one night, and um, we we quickly realize it's friendly fire. So we all go scatter to the winds, right? And we realize that it's friendly fire. So we don't shoot back. It's the Afghan forces shooting at us. And they just, you know, they just screwed it up. Um, it happens. So the patrol leader went about the business of sending up all the nonverbal signals that they should have known to say, you're shooting at friendly. Stop. They didn't. So then he just calls for the interpreter to get up here. Interpreter, get up here. He's just going to have him get on the megaphone and be like, stop shooting at us, right? In the the language. So there's no movement, right? Nobody's coming in. I'm like, this is probably my job to go find him and bring him over there if he's not going on his own. So, you know, again, I always make the caveat, the the fire had become sporadic at this point, but they were still shooting at us and it wasn't the best situation, especially to have to get up and run over there, find somebody, then have to bring them all the way over here. But I did. So I went and found him. And I said, Hey, man, let's go. We got to go. And I start to run. And I realize he's not following me. And I'm like, Hey, come on, let's go. And he looks up. And if I had any question about what was happening, he made it clear. He goes, No, I'm not going anywhere. So right. So now what happens? What do I need to do? The first thing I need, I check myself. What's my emotion? I'm now I'm angry. Like Mm -hmm. what? Right. And how am I going to act on this? Right. The instinct was to grab him, scream, call him, you know, question his manhood and drag him all the way over there. But then I had to look at his emotion. Okay. And I said, he's scared. Right? There's something we've been we've been here a million times before. This has not happened. Okay. And right now he's scared. Because I recognized his emotion, I could make a proper decision on how to handle it. So instead of going with my instinct based on my emotion was to yell and scream and grab him along, I, I knelt down, I put my arm around him and I said, Hey man, it's going to be okay. Trust me. It'll be all right. And he kind of did one of those, shook it off and he's like, oh, "All okay, let's go. Okay. That's it. Okay. And then we went on and went on to a great operation, emotional awareness and recognition. Okay. It was imperative that I understood his emotion and my emotion to make the right decision. That's a behavior, okay? That behavior has nothing to do with combat. It has nothing to do with pointing a weapon, shooting, identifying a target. It has nothing to do with that. Yet, it made us better warriors, Mm. okay? So if somebody's out there asking, well, you haven't touched on how an emotional awareness makes you a better combat guy, there it is. I don't know how you get a better example than that. And if I can do that out there while I'm getting shot at, we can consider it as we're coming home from a rough day of work and we need a bourbon instead of getting our stuff together. Right. So I I thank you for letting me share that. I think it's applicable and I I hope I didn't take too much longer.
1: No. Oh no. No, that was perfect. No, That's
0: great. Like to take those real life stories. I I speak in, well, I know that's you're not using an analogy, but I speak in analogies often like, Oh yeah. Think of it this way. So that story puts it in a different context where we can see, Oh, okay. It's 100% applicable there. So how can I apply those same principles to, you know, being in the driveway right, right. kind of thing? Right, nobody's, yeah. nobody's shooting at me, you know, friendly or unfriendly fire. Okay. I'm, I'm here. not in the
1: kitchen. Like. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So, but,
2: and it's not a competition, right? It's not a competition on whose el- thing is more stressful. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not a competition, folks. Stress hits us all differently. Mm-hmm. Something that stresses you out isn't going to stress me out and vice versa. So, again
1: just relax, you know, it's not a
2: competition, you know, so it's all ego vulnerability. But again, I think we've covered a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I definitely want to have you on again. And I want to talk about more about marriage and I want to talk about parenting and families because Mm. I think the, I don't know why, but I like the moment I started reading anything from military, I just was like, I'm in love. Mm-hmm. This is it's so great. And I love the energy you bring. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much for just taking the time to be with us today. And I want everyone to go get the book. I want everyone to go. We'll have links in our description. We'll put posts on our Instagram and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for all of your time.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> thank you. These are the most important podcasts.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you want to connect with Errol or learn more about him or get his new book, you can head over to leader193.com. All right. Have an amazing day. See y'all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.